0: More Than Conquerors is supported by the generous gifts of listeners like you. You can find us online by going to livingwordchurch.org. Godly wisdom is something every Christian should search for and desire to have operating in everything they do in life. God's Word in the book of James clearly tells us how to accomplish this, proclaiming, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who freely gives to all. Many who will be listening to this powerfully thought-provoking six-part broadcast entitled, Wisdom from the Father's Throne, will for the first time come to realize exactly what and how important true wisdom is, where it comes from, and how best to get it operating in our lives. Making clear the distinction between wisdom and knowledge, Pastor Ray shows that true wisdom can only come from God and His Word. Wisdom cannot be found in the world. Now, here's Pastor and his More Than Conqueror's Bible lesson on wisdom from the Father's Throne.
1: So, hearing and doing the Word is a way that we cultivate wisdom. Another way that we cultivate wisdom is meditating on the Word of God. What does it mean to meditate? It means to think about, concentrate. Uh, here, here's the definition for the word meditate. to Concentrate, to think about something carefully, calmly, seriously, and for a period of time or for some time. So we're, we're to meditate on the word. I think I said this last week. I'm all for Bible reading. I think Bible reading is wonderful and we should read through our Bibles. But I think that true um, change or help comes when we get a verse or verses and we begin to meditate on those verses. What do they mean? How do they affect my life? You know, that's, that's how wisdom begins to build in your life. Because now you not only know the word, but now the word is in you and it's changed you. It helps you to think differently, look at things differently. And wisdom begins to operate or build in your life. You begin to see yourself operating in God's wisdom because you've meditated. See, one of the, one of the books of the Bible that we ought to really spend time in, if you want to cultivate wisdom, is the book of Proverbs. As a matter of fact, the opening verses of the book of Proverbs tells you it's for wisdom. It's for the gaining and the attaining of wisdom. So you ought to meditate, and that means just, you know, read it, but, but park on a few verses. Chew on a few verses. Maybe there's something going on in your life that you need wisdom. Go find the verses. Read the book of Proverbs. When you find a verse that starts to address or starts to minister to you in that area of need in your life, meditate on that until you can gain some new and fresh wisdom from God. You'll, you'd be surprised when you meditate on the word of God how wisdom will just start coming out of you. Come on, can I get a better amen than that? So you meditate on the word of God, you're, going to be, you're not even going to be smart, you're going to be wise. You're going to be wise. Did you hear what I said? You're going to be wise, man. Not a wise guy, but you're going to be filled with the wisdom of God because God's word is wisdom. And when you, when you meditate on the wisdom of God, you you just begin to become a wise person. And I, see, I don't want to just be smart. I want to be wise. Right? Some people are are hunting and chasing after knowledge, which is a great thing. Knowledge is wonderful. But if I don't have wisdom, what good is it? I I want wisdom. I want to be a wise person because a wise person knows how and when, knows how to do it, knows when to do it, knows where to do it. I just don't know about it. I know what to do with it. Come on. Can you give me a better amen than that? So you've got to be in the Word. You've got to meditate on the Word. Meditate on the Word. All right, so tonight I want to give you these three quickly for the next few minutes that we have. So how are we going to cultivate this wisdom or obtain this wisdom? Well, number four is simply ask God for wisdom. Did you ever ask God? One One of the prayers that I pray consistently and talk to God about is, God, give me wisdom. I need wisdom to operate in my ministry. I need wisdom over my finances, I need wisdom in my family. I need wisdom, you know, as just a person out in the world, you know, as I'm interacting with worldly people. God, give me wisdom on how to answer the tough questions. Give me wisdom on how to deal with the tough situations. God, I cry out for your wisdom because asking God for wisdom is 100% scriptural, correct, and right. Very simply, one of the ways that we're going to obtain wisdom is we simply ask God for wisdom. So here are a couple of verses. James 1.5 says... Very simply, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. So what am I supposed to do if I lack wisdom? Ask of God. So number five, going fast through this because we're running out of time, but number five, another way that wisdom comes or the way that you can cultivate wisdom, and I'd love to talk about this for a longer period of time, maybe I'll go back over it, because I believe that this is a very important principle. Out of all my principles, they're all important. And I think that this one, and I think the other ones, most of us do, you know, we do fear God, we do meditate in the word, we are doing the word to some extent, we do pray, and we do ask God for wisdom. But this number five is one that a lot of people really have a hard time with and really, um, I think, uh, struggle with, and it's one that I think is of of as great value as all the others. And in some ways, you know, um, is, is, is equally as important, if not sometimes more important, and simply it's this, one of the ways that you're gonna cultivate wisdom in your life is through godly, mature, and experienced leadership in your life. A lot of people don't want to hear about that because people don't, you know, I follow Jesus, you know, I don't need to follow a man. Well, you know, let me, let me tell you something. If that were true, if that were God's way, God would not have set up the church. He would not have given us leaders in the church apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. He would not have put men and anointed men, and we see them throughout the whole whole Bible, all the pages of the Bible, who were called to lead men in the things of God, and to be a voice of um, leadership, of reason sometimes, of correction sometimes, of exhortation sometimes. So one of the ways that you're going to cultivate wisdom in your life is through godly, mature, and experienced leadership. Everybody needs a leader. You know that a a sports team is really only as good as its coach. What happens when a sports team goes through a couple of seasons of losses? What's the first thing? Who's the first one to go? Do the players go? No, the coach goes. They fire the coach. Why? Because he stinks. Because he can't lead them into a victory. See, the, the team is only as good as the coach who's coaching that team. And and God has set up the coaching staff, so to speak, in the church, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And and the one that most people will mostly be interacting with in this current day is your pastor because the pastor is the local leader of the local church and this is where you're going day in and day out. So your your relationship to the pastor is, to me, one of the most important relationships that you will have in your life. And and as as wisdom goes, um, you're going to learn some of the greatest wisdom or find or get some of the greatest wisdom from just following, listening, and obeying and following the teachings of your pastor as he gives them forth every week. Now, whether this is your church or not, if you're talking about me, if I'm your pastor, then I'm the one who has the responsibility to impart to you um, the word of God, but not only the word of God, but life's life lessons. Every time we come together, I try to give a life lesson. Right? And a lot of it, you'll, you'll, you'll notice in, in my ministry, comes from my own experiences where I've been tested, tried, right, and I've had to go to God and go to the Word and, and find a way out of it. Are you with me? And, and came out the other side in victory. right? So the reason why you can trust your man of God is because he not only loves God, follows God, and obeys God but he's had life's experiences, which has worked wisdom in his life. And if I want to get to where he is and beyond, then I must learn from the man or the leader that God puts before me. Does that make sense to everybody? I I couldn't go through life without having mature men in my life and even some women in my life that I look to for leadership and guidance. And, and I listen to them. I listen to, to their, their teachings. I listen to their counsel. One of the things that I do is I watch their lives very closely. And I see how they're doing things and what they're doing and the way they live their life. I've been doing this for 30 years, 35 years. And 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 then practicing some of the things that they're... What does the Bible say? Let us be imitators of those who through faith and patience are inheriting the promises of God. So if you see a man or a woman of God who's advancing in the things of God is, is getting, getting and grabbing hold of the promises, has the promises of God working in their life, then that's someone I want to imitate. I want to find out what they're doing, how they've done it, how they've gotten there, and then I want to emulate their faith. Not them, but I want to emulate their faith. Does everybody understand that? That's called wisdom. Following the wisdom that's coming out of their lives. So here, let, let's do it this way. Job twelve twelve says, wisdom is with aged men. They're going to put them up on the screen for you. Wisdom is with aged men. Where is where is wisdom? It's with aged men, and with length of days, understanding. So as you, the more you live life, the more you get understanding. The more wisdom grows. I thank God for some of the older people, uh, you know, the fathers of the faith, and the mothers of the faith, because I look to them for for wisdom, even if I don't know them. I just watch their ministries on TV. I read their books. I listen to their teachings, and I I watch their lives from afar. As a a matter of fact, like Fred Fred Price, you know, I watched his life from afar for thirty years. I watched everything he did. I listened to everything he said. I read all his materials. Listened to numerous tapes and followed him for years. Watch the way he, you know, talked about his family and the way he, the decisions he made, the way he lived his personal life. And everything he said was of great value and importance to me. Why? Because I understood him to be and still understand him to be an aged man who has wisdom that I don't have yet. I haven't gotten to that place. Now, if you think you've gotten to that place and you're beyond the leader that you have in your life, then it's time for you to get a new leader. You're, you're, you're no longer You're no longer under him. You think you're over. Maybe you are then you should go find a leader who you can follow and whom you can learn from and whom you can gain you can gain wisdom from because if you think you're it and you know more than he does or she does then you're in the wrong place Am I, am I speaking right here? And this is one of the principles that I believe is sorely missing in the body. Everybody, you know, I'm following Jesus. I don't need anybody. I, well, yeah, we're all following Jesus, but Paul, Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. In other words, follow my leadership as I follow. If you see me stop following Christ, then you run far from me. That's right. That's right. If I start talking stupid and unscriptural and right. doing unscriptural, then you pack up and you run. And I give you permission to leave this church immediately right. and go find a church where there's a man of God who's following Christ. But as long as a leader is following Christ and seeking the Lord, then you have a responsibility to submit to that person, to listen to that person, to receive the teachings of that person from the word of God, and thus gain wisdom from that person for life. That's why I love to talk about my mistakes, you know, and the things that I've done in the past, you know, with, bad decisions that I've made and I talk about that kind of stuff because I gained wisdom from that and I want to help some of you to not go the direction that I went and make some of the dumb mistakes that I made because I'm, I made because I was impetuous or I was impatient or I was not you know, knowledgeable enough or whatever it be. I went too fast, went ahead of God. So I'm trying to help you not to make the same mistakes that I made so that you can get to where you want to get to um, expediently without any trouble. Because God doesn't want you to have trouble in your life. He doesn't want you to go through trouble. And that's what experience teaches, can teach you. When someone has experience, he can teach you how to stay out of trouble. And how to keep, here's another thing. Not only keep you out of trouble, but if you get into trouble, you have the the chance or the possibility of leading other people into trouble. And if you want to be a fool, that's fine. But I'm worried about the people you're going to lead down the wrong path because of your foolishness. Because people are affected by what we do, and and here's another thing: a person who's not submitted to a leader is dangerous. You are dangerous. And here, let me. Can I teach you something else? Submission. Can I teach you something? I learned this years ago. Submission is not submission. You ready? Until we disagree. There you go. Teach it. It's the truth. That's right. Submission is not submission until we disagree. Disagreement proves who is in submission to leadership and who isn't. Disagreement is what proves who is submitted to the authority of the house and who isn't submitted to the authority of the house. Say, well, you know, I don't, you know, well, I don't agree. Jesus told me, well, let me tell you what, God would not put you under the leadership of a leader and give him wisdom, try him, test him, and prove him for all the years that he does to qualify him to stand in a place of ministry and give you wrong advice. Mm-hmm. That's right. Not if he's a man who's worth his salt. Right. Not if he's a man who submitted to God. Because a man who submitted to God acts and reacts, or is supposed to, very carefully. According to to the wisdom that God has given him. That's right. Amen. Because that man has been through something and he knows what can and might happen to you if you don't at least listen to what he's saying. Submission isn't submission until we disagree. Amen. We can disagree, I don't care about that. Mm-hmm. But this is where we draw the line. Amen. When it starts to affect people who are in this house, mm-hmm. if your are foolishness or you're, you know, whatever, can cause a division in the house or cause some other trouble in the house, that's when the shepherd gets out his staff and he begins to strike because we cannot have a house divided. Can't have it. Can't have it. Will not have it. Hallelujah. But it's the truth. So wisdom comes from aged men, but not everybody wants that. Not everyone wants that re- relationship with a, with a man of God. You know, I was talking to some pastors just the other day, had a luncheon with some pastors, and we were talking about some things. And, you know, I said, well, as I'm growing older, one of the desires of my heart would be, I would love to be able to get with some younger pastors and, and you know, that are starting churches or maybe have a troubled church and be able to impart to them, pray with them, not control them, but impart wisdom to them just by praying and seeking and talking and talking about some of the things that I've encouraged them. So one of the the pastors there said, well, that that sounds like a good idea, but he said, I don't know how many of those guys out there would want to have that kind of relationship with an older man of God. See, to me, that's sad because I've always had that in my life. I've always had older people and men, uh, you know, in my life and, and women too, that imparted into my life. And I ran things by them. Many times, sometimes they told me not to do things and I didn't. Sometimes they told me to hold back and I did. I still live with some of the things that uh, Roy Hicks said to me, Roy Hicks was a very good friend of mine. I don't know if anybody knows who he is. He's not that well known in these days, but he was back in, in the 70s and the 80s and even into the 90s. Roy Hicks was a very, very awesome Bible teacher. We have some of his books in the, in the bookstore. And uh, just some things that he taught me about just being humble. And he would just throw out little nuggets and say little things. And boy, they just sunk in my heart and I took them seriously. You know, one time when he came to to preach um, here, come to teach, uh, I was getting ready to jump up here and do something and he grabbed me by the coat and he said to me, don't speak from up there, speak from down here. And I I was like, what? You know, I, I didn't understand it at first. He said, don't go up there. He said, stay down here and speak from down here. And later on, I realized what he was trying to say to me. He said, don't stand above the people. Stand with the people. Yeah. (laughs) Then then one day he said to me, you're all going to like this. All right, I'm I'm finished. I'm, I'm over time. I can't get to my last point, but I'll just give it to you and we won't talk about it. But he said to me, he would call me up during the week, and he'd say, so how, you, how was your service this weekend? Oh, Doc, it was awesome. I preached my heart out. He said, how long did you preach? I said, oh, I must have preached about 50 minutes, 60 minutes. Too long. <laughs> Wait, too long. He says, you don't know that much. <laughs> That's what he told me. He says, too long. You don't know that much. I said, Okay. He said, you shouldn't preach more than 20 minutes. 20, that's all you know is about 20 minutes. Yeah. He used to call me during the week just to ask me how long I preached. I didn't exactly, tell, I didn't exactly lie, but I didn't exactly tell him the whole, the whole thing either. So it wasn't a lie, but I just didn't tell him. But, you know, thinking about it, he was right. See, I, I, I was under the impression you know, I got to preach my heart out, and he's he's thinking you're going to preach people to sleep, or are you going to wear them out. Twenty minutes, 20, I don't know if twenty minutes will do it. I, I got too much to say and can't say it in twenty minutes. But you know, in, you know, I I, I, th- I think that's wisdom, cutting it down. I'm trying to do that in my life. I'm trying to preach no more than forty minutes, thirty-five minutes, forty minutes. Get what I have to say. I don't you don't anybody say it's not working. I'm trying. I'm trying. But uh, but having good godly leadership in your life. I've got some other verses here, but we don't have time to get to them. But uh, I'll just give you one more. Can I give you one more? And then we'll get you out of here. It says in Proverbs 11:14, where there is no counsel, the people fall. But in a multitude of counselors there is safety. See here here's the thing. If you're a leader, if you're leading people, you, above everybody, must have true submission to leadership. Why? Because if you are not submitted yourself, you have the possibility of falling and everybody who's with you is going down. That's why it says in a multitude of counselors, there is safety. Submission creates safety and God wants safety in his house. Why? Because he wants to keep his sheep safe. He doesn't want them to fall or to be led in the wrong direction. I would never, listen to me, listen to me, and listen to me clear and heart. I would never sit under the teaching, the leadership, go to a meeting of a person who was not truly 100% submitted. I wouldn't do it because it's a very dangerous thing. And I can't, I can't believe somebody just goes. I'm submitted. I, submission is proved in disagreement, in willingness to yield to the authority of the person who you say is your authority. You can say somebody's your authority, but that doesn't mean anything. People come here and have come here in the past and want to do things, and they don't want to submit to my authority. They want to say they go to Living Word because Living Word's a big church, because Living Word has a reputation. Because Living Word has a name. Pastor Ray has a name. And there are people who want to connect with the success that we've had and continue to have and go out and say, I'm submitted to Living Word. And oh, all of, all of a sudden, they gain a level of respect because of what we've done here. But I've had to stop it many times. Because if, if, if a person isn't submitted to me, I can't cover them. I will, I, I can't, you're, you don't, if you won't hold, pull everything back and just listen to my counsel and my wisdom, and you're not submitted to me, then this is not your church. I'm not your pastor. You got to go find a pastor in a church where you, can, where you can have leadership and continue in your ministry or continue whatever you're doing. Otherwise, it doesn't work that way because you're in danger, very dangerous territory. So, so submission isn't submission until we disagree on a point. And if you are truly submitted, you You'll yield. And you'll say, okay, I take that very seriously. There have been things in times past that leaders have told me I didn't 100% understand it. I didn't 100% agree with it. But I understood that they were authority and that they had wisdom on a subject or, or an area that maybe I didn't. And, and I, I had to yield to it. Thank God I did. I believe that's what's made me uh, who I am today and has given me the level a ministry. that, Because if you're not submitted, God ain't going <laughs> to... I'm going to give you anything. I'm going to give you a little something here, a little something there, but make you feel good. You know, oh, I did something for God. First of all, it's not about you feeling good. It's about God getting His work done. And it's done. It's done decently and in order under right leadership and
0: in the correct way. Tune in tomorrow afternoon at 2 for More Than Conquerors with Pastor Ray. in your order. If you simply want to sow a gift into the work of the MTC Radio Ministry, go to livingwordchurch.org and click on the Give Online Radio Ministry tab.